Listen to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast, your one-stop shop for Islanders news, analysis, and opinions, featuring the biggest personalities in sports podcasting, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That's right, TJ. If you want your opinions viewed through orange and blue-colored glasses from an Islander Bobo and charter member of the Inlui Trust crowd, you'll love the measured commentary from TJ. On the other hand, if you want the unvarnished truth of a hockey purist, a genius, a legend, and an all-around great guy, the grumpy old man's insane ramblings will be just what you need to survive each and every week. An all-around great guy? Well, we also have weekly installments of Stump the Grump, an absolute fan favorite. Make sure to participate in our live streams and listen every Monday and Thursday to the bi-weekly podcast. You can find the Islanders Never Say Die podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to New York. State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano. Woo! What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of the Devils State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. As always, thank you guys so very much for taking some time out of your day to check this episode out. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. And like I just said, yes, this is the first episode, first edition of season two of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, season two of the Hockey Podcast Network. Doing a little bit different. You know, we're going to have two episodes a week, so you'll get new episodes of this podcast, not just on Monday, but now on Thursday. So for most of you, you guys are probably listening to this on Thursday, December 3rd, 2020. But if you're not still, just wanted to let you guys know, every Monday and Thursday now, we are going to be having new episodes. So please check them out. I hope you guys are ready for this. We're getting closer and closer to what we hope might be the beginning of this upcoming season. But we have a bunch to talk about today, as we always do. So without further ado, as I always say, let's drop the puck. So today, I thought I'd do a little bit of, you know, armchair GM or armchair coach, as people might say. Today, I'm going to do something a little interesting. I'm actually going to project to you my personal opinion on what I feel the roster for the upcoming 2020-21 season should look like for the New Jersey Devils. Now, if I do miss anybody, I do apologize, but I'm going to try to be as fair as possible. So some of those big-name prospects that we were excited to see, you know, guys like Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, you know, guys like that, they're not going to be in this just because I'm trying to be as realistic as I possibly can be. So this isn't just some, you know, fantasy projection from five, you know, five years from now. This is what I think will most likely be 
the opening day lineup and what you'll see from the Devils this upcoming season. So we have, you know, we're going to go through the four, you know, lines of forwards. Then we're going to go through the defensemen, then the goalies. And then I actually included three extra players. So to fill out the 23-man roster. And through each line, I'll kind of explain why I think it's going to go this way. So let's kick things off with the first line on the forwards. And it's going to be a line of Jesper Bratt, Nico Heeshear, and Kyle Palmieri. I don't think I'm going to get very much argument here. I mean, there is a little bit, if you really want to go to it, to say, you know, is Gusev ready to take over that first line left winger position? Maybe, considering how he played towards the end of this past season, you know, he certainly was one of the best, if not the best overall player on the team. You know, you could make that argument. But I think when you look at Jesper Bratt, you look at his experience, you look at the chemistry he's built over the last couple of years, with Nico Heeshear, I think it just makes sense. And also, you know, he spent most of last year on the first line, you know, left wing as well. So obviously this is something that, you know, shouldn't be a surprise. I think it's going to be a logical thing. I don't think a lot of people are going to be upset by it. You look at Nico Heeshear, you know, down the middle. Here's the thing. I know some people want to talk about, you know, oh, should Jack Hughes be playing on the first line? I think honestly, it would be better for Jack Hughes' development if he stayed on that second line. Because I look at it and I say, you know, this is a chance where he could get some more favorable matchups. And when I explain to you guys the teammates that Jack Hughes is going to have on his line, I think it'll make a little bit more sense as to why I put him there. But Nico Heischer, you know, obviously him being the franchise, you know, cornerstone. And, you know, I know Jack Hughes could be considered that as well. But, you know, Nico's been, been here a little bit longer. Um, without a doubt, he shouldn't be moved at all from the first line center position. I mean, shoot, Lindy Ruff could make that change. I doubt it, but you never know. And then obviously you have Kyle Palmieri. Now, Kyle Palmieri is going into the last year of his contract. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of rumors, you know, flying around as the season progresses, depending on how the season goes for the Devils. I don't know if there's going to be a trade deadline. I, I don't know what we're going to see. I don't know where talks are when it comes to contract extension. Are the Devils interested? Is Palmieri interested? I don't know. We haven't really heard anything since, you know, probably June, July timeframe. So it's been relatively quiet. I think right now both sides just want to focus on the upcoming season. But I think there should be no hesitation to put Kyle Palmieri on that right side. He is your best right winger without a doubt. So that's the first line. Now let's go to the second line. And this is where you're going to start seeing a lot of youth, um, not just from guys that, you know, you you haven't seen very much of, but guys that we've seen before that are still relatively young that I think are ready to take that next step. So on the left side, as I kind of mentioned before, I have Nikita Gusev, the Russian rifle, as I call him. I think that going into this year, he's going to have a lot more expectations. I think the expectation should be he should he should be trying to score some more goals this year. I think he really did a good job uh, with his playmaking ability this past year. And I think this year, now that he's had a relatively a full year of NHL experience, he knows the game, he knows the ice, he knows what to do. And I think that, you know, he's going to have a lot more success and he's going to be able to adapt his game to the NHL, you know, even more going into year number two. And I think that, you know, with him obviously being on the left side and then we have Jack Hughes at the center position, that's going to be really valuable to Jack Hughes because he's going to have a guy that is going to be able to find him and dish out assists. He's also going to be a guy that can help develop Jack Hughes's playmaking ability by being that dependable, you know, you know, wrist shot 
you know, nose for the goals type of player. So I think that that's going to be very beneficial. I think for Jack Hughes, it's important to have relatively young slash experienced guys that can help carry the load a little bit so that not all the pressure is on Jack Hughes. And then we go to the right wing. And this is where you're going to see things get really interesting because we really only have one definitive right winger, so to speak. So the right wing position is going to be really interesting to fill this upcoming season. For me, I'm going to put Jesper Boquist at the second line. I think that even though he struggled, you know, to an extent during this past season, I think it was because obviously first year in the NHL and you had separate head coaches for, for a while and he kept getting, you know, called up and sent back down. It was a definitely up and down year for Jesper Boquist. But when he was in Binghamton, he really, really did well. He contributed a lot and he was one of the bigger reasons that, the Binghamton Devils made the run that they made where they would have most likely definitely made the playoffs going into this past season. So looking at Jesper Goquist, I think this is that year where he takes that next step in his development as a hockey player. I know he's mostly a left-wing guy, but he can also play on the right side. He played a little bit of that in Binghamton. So I think that that's going to make him more invaluable to the Devils, that they're going to want to keep him in the lineup more because he could be moved around, whether it's on the left or right side you know, with injuries and other things that could happen throughout the year. But I think starting the season, having another young player going into his second season in the NHL, I think will benefit Jack Hughes as well. Remember, I kind of designed this lineup in a way where it could help maximize Jack Hughes's, you know, development and potential moving forward. And I think having another young guy with also a very experienced, talented, you know, winger in Nikita Gusev on the left side, I think that just adds a really dynamic, scoring threat to the top six. So you look at the top six and you'd say, that's a pretty, you know, young and very high tempo offense. And I think that because of Lindy Ruff being an offensive minded type of guy, I think that that's what you're going to see. So my top six is Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, Kyle Palmieri on the first line, and then Nikita Gusev, Jack Hughes, and Jesper Boquist on the second line. Now let's go down to the bottom six. And this is where things get kind of interesting because you kind of, this is where I think you start to wonder, you know, are there going to be any, you know, young players that are going to make the jump to the NHL? And the way that I see this, I see that there's really only one guy at the moment that I think is going to most likely make the Devils roster out of camp who has not had any, any, any NHL experience at all. But he's going to be paired with some young and very fast players that I think are built the same way that this guy is playing. So on the third line, on the left side, I'm going to put Andreas Johnson. So this is, this is interesting because the Devils acquired him from Toronto for basically Joey Anderson. And a lot of people are wondering, okay, is this guy going to be a top six winger? I think right now it would be better for him to be on that third line because, again, I think the Devils want to go into the future with a, a, you know, a forward group that's you know four lines deep, you know, that has guys that can be young, fast, and can shoot the puck, you know, and bring certain dynamics to the game every single night. So I think Andreas Johnson is going to be a, you know, very vital piece to the bottom six. I think he's going to be a guy that could make 20, 25 goals, even being on the third line. He's going to get a lot of favorable matchups. And I think that's going to, you know, do well for him and obviously put him higher and higher on the Devils, you know, list of top players on their team. Then you're down the center position. This is where I think some people might think that I'm reaching a little bit, but I personally don't. 
and that is Igor Sharangovich. Now, we talked about, you know, Sharangovich, you know, this past, you know, week, the final episode of season one, we talked about his damage. He actually scored two more goals last night on December 1st. 2020, which I think brings him up to 17 or 18 goals on the season in the KHL. And right now he's on loan to his hometown team, Dynamo Minsk. And this is also the last year of his contract with the Devils. So it's kind of like you're in this position for the Devils in the organization where it's like, okay, you have to make a choice at this point. Do you now give him the opportunity to compete in the NHL? Do you send him back down to Binghamton for whatever reason? Or do you just, you know, maybe move him for another player or whatever? I think most likely the Devils organization has looked very, very carefully at Sharon Govich. I mean, you look at all the social media the Devils have, they're constantly talking about him. Everybody's talking about him. It would be crazy to think that the Devils organization isn't looking at Sharon Govich and saying, wow, he is really tearing up the Continental Hockey League or the KHL for sure. And you have to remember, that's the second toughest league in hockey in the world other than the National Hockey League. And he's one of the top five best goal scorers in there, and he's 22 years of age. I think that he has gone leaps and bounds past, you know, where he was probably projected to be going into the season. I think he's developed very, very well. I think he's definitely going to get an invite to training camp, and I think he's going to actually make this team. I think bringing another young scoring centerman who also has – improved himself mightily in his face-off percentage, I, I think this is a guy that you just, you would be crazy not to at least give an opportunity right away. Yeah, he might struggle at first, and maybe then you sit him down, but I think you want to stick with the hot hand. He's going to be in better hockey shape than most of the other guys that he's going to be playing against, uh, you know, in practice and also in games, and that might be an advantage the first 10, 15 games of the season, so I think that's something to look for, to look at. So, you have Andreas Johnson on the left side. You have another young, you know, quick, speedy guy in Igor Sharangovich. And then on the right side, you have Yanni Kwokinen, who the Devils acquired in a trade from Carolina in exchange for Sammy Vatanen. This was a really, really, you know, great pickup by the Devils, by GM Tom Fitzgerald. And Yanni Kwokinen did show flashes of being a guy that could really, really be valuable down the road. He has, a, I think, another two or three years left on his contract. So they have control of him for a while. And Yanni Kokinen was the best player on the Charlotte Checkers, the AHL affiliate of Carolina, when he got traded. He came to the Binghamton Devils and immediately was the best overall player on the team. That just shows you how good this guy is and how, and how much it shows that he's ready to take that next step and play a defined role in the National Hockey League. The reason that I just don't have him higher is quite frankly because I think Jesper Boquist is a little bit more, you know, ready to really, really get going. Yanni Kokinen is going to probably have a couple of games where he's, you know, maybe, you know, not getting what he needs to get going. But I still think putting him on a line with two young guys like Sharon Govich, like Janssen, I think that will benefit him and the rest of the guys on that line. So you have another young scoring line as your third line, which you're going to go up against a lot of teams lines uh, third lines where they're more scrappy and they're more just trying to get pucks in deep while these guys are going to be coming at them in waves with their young enthusiasm their speed their their stick handling ability and their goal scoring ability to have a lot of success so I think when you look at that line you have to sit there and say those are th that's a third line that's basically just like a, a second line b like a 2b almost that's how good they are so that's my third line so now let's go to the fourth line now again like I mentioned 
I could have put a bunch of other guys in here and, and, and made it, you know, a, a fantasy-like lineup. But I wanted to go a little bit more realistic and just look at the fact that there's just going to be some guys that are going to end up making this team, even though fans might ne not necessarily be thrilled to have them. So let's start with the left side, Miles Wood at the left wing position. Miles Wood, obviously, he still has incredible speed. He's upped his goal scoring a little bit. Um, he, do, he does have to work on his puck handling ability, but because he's such a big physical player, I think having a guy like that to be able to protect some of the younger guys, you know, whether they're, he's playing on their line or not, I think could go a long way. And I think that Lindy Ruff is going to really enjoy having a speedy fourth-line guy like Miles Wood on that left side. Then down the middle, you have Travis Zajac. Zajac is going into the final year of his contract. I believe he is seven games away or something close to that to reaching 700 games played or 800 games played. So obviously a, a milestone, especially playing all of them with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I, I don't really think that the Devils are going to keep Zajac past this season. I think whether they trade him and that's the end of it or whatever, I think that the Devils will most likely move on from him. Maybe he'll just retire. I don't know. But he's still going to be an invaluable part to this team. Being a checking type of player, he's arguably the best, you know, center, you know, face-off guy that the Devils have. He's been one of the best face-off guys in the NHL the last five, six years with the percentages. You just have to look at the percentages, and he's usually in the top five. And then on the right side, you have Nick Merkley, who actually just got recalled from his loan yesterday by the New Jersey Devils. He finished his loan with 13 points in 19 games. So he, very similar to Sharon Govich, has really, really taken a benefit from going overseas on a loan and play and continuing to play and get more playing time. And Merkley seems to have gotten a little bit better. And, you know, he showcased himself a little bit when he came to New Jersey after being traded in the Taylor Hall trade. And I think he's a guy that could be a young, scrappy-like player, very similar to Miles Wood, be an aggressor, be a guy who bangs the body and can get a greasy goal every now and then. And I think he'll be very beneficial as well. So once again, I'm going to recap my forward. So on the left side, you have Jesper Bratt, Nikita Gusev, Andreas Johnson, and Miles Wood. On the center position, you have Nico Heeshear, Jack Hughes, Igor Sharangovich, and Travis Zajac. And on the right side, you have Kyle Palmieri, Jesper Boquist, Yanni Kulkinen, and Nick Merkley. So now we'll go over to the defensive pairing. So this is going to be interesting because I kind of wonder whether Lindy Ruff is going to want to go six defensemen or seven. You know, it just depends on his preference. But I'm just going to go off of realistically what I think the line pairings are going to be this upcoming year. So on the first pairing on the left side, you have Ryan Murray, who the Devils, you know, got from the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, you know, look, Ryan Murray, obviously, you know, you consider the fact that he's one of the best defensemen percentage-wise for a lot of analytical reasons. Obviously, you know, he struggles to stay healthy, but hopefully he can stay healthy while being in New Jersey. And I think because of just the experience, he's going to get the nod as the top left defenseman. So I think that's just really what you're going to end up seeing. On the right side, you have Damon Severson, who I think overall is probably the Devils' best defenseman at this point. He's their best scoring defenseman, and I think the Devils are going to want to have him play, you know, 25, maybe even 30 minutes a night, depending on certain situations. And I think that they're going to be looking for him to be a catalyst on the power play. I think also be very solid on the penalty kill as well. He's going to have to carry a much bigger load going into this season. Then let's go down to the second line pairing. To me, I think that Ty Smith is going to be on that left side. I think Ty Smith's going to make the team because at this point, it's either he goes to Binghamton or comes to New Jersey. And I think 
considering the fact that he's nearly made the team the last two, three years, I just think that it's time. He's arguably the devil's top prospect out of everybody, you know, since he got drafted. And I think it's time for him to be given that opportunity to play in the National Hockey League. I think he's ready to play. I really do. That's my opinion. You know, I know some other people might disagree, but my opinion is I think he will do that. And the reason I put him at the second line is because, again, it's all about getting favorable matchups and slowly bringing along guys who haven't played in the NHL before. So I think that's something that we have to keep in mind. And pairing him, I'm going to pair him with P.K. Subban. I think that's going to work very well. Again, that takes a little bit of pressure off Subban, who is looking to try to redeem himself after just 19 points in you know this past season, which was arguably his worst season of his career statistically. I think he improved as the season progressed. And again, there's a good chance that maybe the Devils might expose him in the expansion draft in Seattle after the season. So but we'll see. I'm sure PK has a lot of a chip on his shoulder. And I think that him pairing with a young, you know, inexperienced defenseman, you know, where they can learn together and Ty Smith can really benefit from that, I think will work very well. And also, again, like I said, takes a little bit of pressure off PK to not have to be, you know, this goal scoring machine defenseman. Although we would love it, I think it takes a little bit of pressure off him, get some more favorable matchups, and maybe just get his game going again. So I'm going to put. Ty Smith and P.K. Subban on that second-line defensive pairing. And then the final one, this is really interesting. I'm going to have Will Butcher on the left side. Again, I think Will Butcher has really kind of taken a dip since his rookie year. And I don't know what exactly it is. I think it's probably more to do with the the coaching than it is really him. I think that now with a more offensive-minded guy, you know, Will Butcher is going to benefit from that and get back to, you know, when he was the Hobie Baker Award winner at New University of Denver, I think that he could, you know, get back to that with the right coaching. And I think with this, you know, the coaching staff that we have now, I think they're going to help elevate his game and get him back and grooving. But I think, again, just like with Ty Smith, maybe give him a little bit more favorable matchups against some of the, you know, lower lines might benefit him, you know, as we slowly progress him. And then I have Riley Walsh. Now, that might be a surprise as well, because I think some people might say, well, wouldn't the Devils want to go with a little bit more experience like Connor Carrick or Dmitry Kulikov? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the possibility that they could do that. I could be totally wrong about this. But I think Riley Walsh, the fact that he, you know, signed a contract with the Devils and they have high hopes for him, I think that tells you that the Devils would like to give him an opportunity to try to make the team out of camp. I think he'll certainly be invited, no question about it, but it could go 50-50 as to whether or not he actually makes the opening day roster, but I personally think he will. I think that the Devils would want to go a little bit more of a youth movement on their defensive pairing, obviously already bringing in Ty Smith, bringing in Riley Walsh, another young guy, and I just seeing how it goes early on and seeing if maybe they need to go down to Binghamton after a couple of games, depending on the, the situation. But that's something that I should keep in mind. But I think Riley Walsh being the offensive defenseman that he is, I think the Devils need that a little bit more. They don't have it that much on the left side, but it doesn't hurt to have more than one on one side of the ice. And I think Riley Walsh could, could do really well. And I think he could complement Will Butcher being a little bit more of a defensive defenseman than Will Butcher. Riley Walsh could be that offensive guy. You can have one of each on the same line pairing. I think that benefits your defensive core, you know, throughout. So I, I would do that. So I'm going to go with Riley Walsh making it. So my defensive pairings are Ryan Murray and Damon Severson. Ty Smith and P.K. Subban, Will Butcher, and Riley Walsh. Now, let's go to the goaltender. 
this shouldn't take really long, and I don't think it really should be much of a surprise because I think this is logically what it's going to be. You're going to have Mackenzie Blackwood as your number one, especially after they re-sign him. He is an RFA right now, and so is Jesper Bratt. We're still waiting on that. And I think as we get a little bit closer, maybe when training camp starts, like when Miles Wood did it two years ago, then they'll sign the contract. I don't think there should be anything to worry about right now. But Mackenzie Blackwood, without a doubt, is the team's franchise goaltender. And they obviously want to see him continue to progress and get better, but they also wanted to get him some help so he could actually feel confident to take a couple games off and, and really rest and not, you know, completely regress, you know, with the amount of workload that he's gotten. And that's why, you know, Corey Crawford is going to be the backup. I think Crawford knew that when he signed with the Devils. This is another guy that, look, if it doesn't work out, it's a two-year deal that could very well expose him like P.K. Subban in the expansion draft, the Seattle expansion draft. So that's always a possibility that that could happen as well. So let's just keep that in mind moving forward. But I think Corey Crawford is going to be a very, very solid backup goaltender. I think he's going to be able to win us a handful of games and make us ultra competitive and also just strengthen the goaltending tandem so that the Devils can, the, the rest of the team can look at it and say, it doesn't matter who goes in net, we feel confident nonetheless. So Blackwood and Crawford are going to be the two goalies for me. And now we'll finish with the three, you know, extras, so to speak. It may be less than that. I don't know. We'll see. But Connor Carrick is going to be one of them, in my opinion. I think because of the fact that he brings experience and he, he had a solid year last year. I think that the Devils are going to want to have some experience and some leadership, veteran presence in the locker room. And Connor Carrick can certainly bring that. Dmitry Kulikov, who the Devils signed in, in the free agent market on a one-year deal, I think it's going to be another guy that could, you know, fill in for one of the other three left-sided defensemen. I don't think the Devils would have signed him if they weren't going to use him. And they, he could very well be in these, you know, defensive pairings to start the year. I'm just, you know, that, that I, this is not gospel. This lineup is not gospel. This is just what I think could possibly happen. And then the last guy is actually Pavel Zaka. And the reason I, I put Zaka there is because you could see how there are flashes where he's, you know, getting better, but a lot of time it just feels like he's stuck in neutral. Now, I know Mark Recchi, when he was interviewed on the Devils podcast, the New Jersey Devils podcast, you know, he said, you know, one of the guys he pointed out immediately was Pavel Zaka saying, we have to get him going. So there obviously is expectations for Pavel Zaka to make that next step in his career because, you know, he's got two years left on his deal. He's still a top 10, 15 pick that the Devils selected a couple years ago. And, you know, the Devils want to see improvement. Otherwise, they're going to obviously, you know, ship him somewhere else or, you know, send him down or whatever the case may be. But I think Zaka still is going to make the team, you know, based off experience and also based off of the work that Mark Recchi, I think, is going to be able to generate out of Pavel Zaka. So those are my three extra. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my projection for what the New Jersey Devils opening day roster for the 2020-21 season will be. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. If you want to continue to listen to these episodes, here's what you do. You go on your computer and you type in Hockey Podcast Network, and you can check out the website, hockeypodcastnetwork.org, where you can see all the logos for all the podcasts that we do. You'll see the Devil's logo, and you can click on that. You can also just check out all the other hockey podcasts that we have on this great network where we cover every single team in the NHL, and we have a bunch of other hockey podcasts 
along with those. So make sure you go check all of those out. We post new episodes every single Monday, and we also post them wherever you listen to podcasts. So whether that's Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Hockey Podcast Network or Devil's State of Mind, and you will find it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind, and also on Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. On all of those, I will post when the new episodes are up, as well as just interactions with you guys, the fans, as we talk about our team, the New Jersey Devils. And also in the bio of all of those social medias, we have a link to the Devil's State of Mind website, where there, you can just check out all the episodes and go directly to where we have them. You can bookmark it so you can just keep it and make it very easy for you. So please go check those out as well. Again, new episodes of the podcast every single Monday. If you want to listen to me just talk about more things that are going on in sports, not just in hockey, you can follow me on the Mofobo Network podcast, which is available on Anchor and Spotify, where every week we post new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays talking about the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. I also have a YouTube channel called Mofobo Network Presents. New videos come out every single Wednesday where just like on the podcast, we get a topic that we discuss that's going on right now in the wide world of sports. So go check me out on all those. Again, it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Podcast on Anchor and Spotify and M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents on YouTube where there you can just continue to listen to me talk about things that are going on in this great world that is the world of sports. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And last but certainly not least, go check out my book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now called J-E-T-S Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, just go check that book out. It, it chronicles all the painful memories, painful games, painful player decisions, and everything else that evolves around the New York football Jets. So please go check it out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So thank you guys once again for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Bell Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome, amazing people that you are out there. Make sure that you're always helping out others. And one last thing, rock on.